Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to the Annie Staples Show. It's an NIL edition. Usually that means you're going to sleep. But David Ubbin wrote an NIL story that people actually paid attention to and read. And we're like, holy cow, look at that. Because it's not an NIL story, Andy. It's a recruiting story. That's right. It's, yes. it, it, is, it is actually kind of a this is the new world, get used to it, get yeah. over it story. Uh, the, the number that pops off the page is $10 million because you said – you you followed a one of these NIL collectives. This is one that works with Tennessee mm-hmm. or, or they works don't work around with Tennessee, Andy. No, no, no. All right, works the, around the, Tennessee. The plausible yeah. deniability leans heavily on precise language. <laughs> well, I feel like I need to I, I need to know exactly what every state law's exact wording is. Yeah, it's crazy. But, yeah, yes. Yeah, so this is a Tennessee centric one. Yeah. Uh, we've profiled the one that that works with Florida. We've profiled the, the one that works with Texas. Uh, there's a lot of these, but basically you wrote that the the good ones are going to be spending about $10 million a year this year on deals for players this year. That number is going to go up in the very near future. Oh yeah. And, and, and you're looking at that going, oh my gosh, that's insane. <laughs> or, or you can look at it like, wait, so for an entire elite college football team, it only costs the same as a half decent veteran right tackle in the NFL. Well, one class, I suppose, right? And one, uh, one, but you only get that guy for one year for for ten million bucks. Well, yeah, I guess maybe. Yeah, that's that's probably about right. If you're talking about rolling deals over four years, possibly. Yeah, that's probably about right. Yeah, I guess you're right. So, yeah, well, I mean, the math is is inexact. At this point, um, because there's not set prices, it's all about leverage. And the other thing, too, Andy, we were talking about this as we were reporting the story. There's nothing to FOIA here. So the official numbers are going to be, I mean, we've seen it already through the first seven months of an alley. Official numbers are very hard to track down because they're not public. Uh, we're it, used it, to filing open records requests and, and getting numbers. That's why you see coaching salaries, and we know yeah. all that because those are usually by public universities. This is private citizens and private companies doing business together, and they have no obligation to make those numbers public. Right, because we, we, we don't know how much Nike pays LeBron. Yeah. Like, and that's kind of the same, the same thing. It, it's interesting to me, though, because there is a benefit and a harm into the, in the numbers – being announced, not necessarily the real numbers, just the numbers that, that are announced. Like it was not an accident that Nick Saban said Bryce Young could make X number of dollars yes. when he was talking to a bunch of Texas high school football coaches, because that's basically saying, hey, if you come to Alabama, you, you got a chance to make <laughs> some dough. Yeah. Also, not an accident that Jimbo Fisher got really mad that somebody said they're spending 25 to 30 million dollars on this class. Because they're not, because you don't want a member of the class going, wait a second, who's getting all this money if I'm not? Dare I say, Andy, yet. Yet, right, (laughs) 
Right. Because I think it, that, that never may be coming. I think that's kind of what, what part of the, the crux of the piece is that this is very early. And I think Tennessee, from everything that we've gathered and talked to people in the space, is, is pretty ahead of it right now. Um, in part because they have hungry fans who are, are dying to be better at football. And they have a, a group in Inspire who has a history and a background mm. in sports agency and sports marketing. They know this space. Some of these collectives... They vary wildly in organization. Right. And they're, they're just learning resources. as they go. Some yeah. like some are just some are just guys. Some are just a press release. Some are just a mm-hmm. website that's pretty rudimentary. Tennessee is pretty ahead here, but by the end of the year, I think you're going to have a bunch of sort of warring factions, and these bidding wars are going to get real serious because it's all legal, and there's no reason not to sort of if you're a five star or a kid that multiple schools really need as the jewel of your class. Well. That's called leverage, Andy, and that's called capitalism, which is a four-letter that's word right. in college so, sports. So you, <laughs> you, are, you are saying, David, that someone the market values could be worth more than someone the market values less. It's possible. What a shocking concept. What a, <laughs> I, I'm sure nobody listening to this show has ever used that in a negotiation with their own employer. No, definitely not. We, our listeners are better than that, Andy, than to expect to try and, and, and somehow finagle more, more money, to, money to provide for their families out of these benevolent big companies, Andy, that they're yes. working for that need that money for who knows what, Andy. It's more important that the companies and organizations are well-funded than yes. citizens have money. I, I think we can all agree that that's very obvious. So I, I was communicating with somebody from a different school about this topic over the weekend. And mm-hmm. th- it's one of those that's trying to get organized and, and 10 million, this is a, you know, power five type school. 10 million was the number that was thrown out that, that basically yeah. they feel like that would be a good number per year to be competitive. If they, if they wanted to be competitive and there might be a little more here and there, depending on the recruiting class. But I mean, when you think about the the economy of scale here, that's actually still kind of a bargain for. I agree with you for the players. This is again, this is why there's so much room to grow because yeah. right now, what 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 Spire and I wrote about this in the piece at the Athletic. If you guys want to check it out, this is what they're dealing with: is that they go talk to donors who you know you have big time donors that have some some change to spare. They can maybe find six to seven digits in their couch cushions. And then you have the fans that are divvying up, you know, that say, I want to contribute to this. I want to help, and I want to give 20 bucks a month. Well, Andy, 500 fans giving 20 bucks a month in a year, that's $100,000. 500 fans is not very many fans. And yeah. most places in the SEC have more than that that might be willing yeah. to give more than $20 well, a month. And, and, and the thing is, people say, well, what's what's the value in this? Well, they want to help the team win. Exactly. And you can give money to the school, and and their way to help the team win might be put a waterfall in the training room, mm-hmm. or you could give just have the athlete get the money, and it's the athlete that you want getting the money. I, I think that's a little more direct path. This is why so. nobody does facility tours when they're uh, picking NFL free agency spots, Andy. Right. It's usually talking The Bengals to- sign free agents. That's, <laughs> all you need to know is the Bengals sign free agents that other teams want because they can yes. pay them more money. They do not have nicer facilities. In fact, they don't even have an indoor. That may have come up once or twice last week. Yes, exactly. Um, but anyway, Andy... So what they're dealing with, and I think this is what every collective is going to battle over the next year, is one, 
getting donors to understand and trust them, Andy, trust is huge in this. That these aren't just sort of, well, when I give you your money, am I, you know, are we going to actually see results? Trust is huge, and that that has to be earned over time. But getting them to understand the stakes, because a lot of donors and business owners, any they're busy guys or women, yeah. they they don't necessarily understand what's going on in college sports. They give their donation to the school, they show up for their season tickets in their box or whatever, and that's sort of it. Well, now you got to understand, hey. If we don't have money to fund these collectives, it's going to be hard to amass talent in the years to come. And that's part of what they do and what every collective is going to have to do is make sure that people with money understand that. And I can imagine some of these folks that, that are getting the pitch and they're like, wait, 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 this is legal now? Yeah, and legitimately, this is a real thing that not everyone yeah. gets this. Andy, I, I don't understand them either, but apparently there are people that live in the United States that don't read about and pay attention to college football 365 days a year. I don't understand it, but apparently <laughs> the listeners of this exist. show, but yes, this, it's, it's a pretty big group that just sort yeah. of drops in once the season starts and they're like, Oh, okay, this is going on now. Yeah. But that that's, it, it is amazing to me. Now what's funny is like, you've got like the PAC 12 commissioner, George Klyavkov calling it legalized cheating. I don't know how to break this to you. <laughs> That's a oxymoron. But, but maybe the guy, maybe the guy who used to work for the casino, should understand <laughs> that once it's legal, it ain't cheating anymore. So, exactly. like, used to be when you worked for MGM, for most of the time that George Klyavkov worked for MGM, the only place you could really bet on sports was Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Now you can bet on sports in like half of America. It's no longer illegal. Yeah, it is therefore okay. So we just have to get over this. It's cheating, and I've seen like Darren Ravel is always like, "It's cheating." No. <laughs> and Andy, here, here's here, where here's Ryland on this too. Like, I think I, I well, I think it was sold to idiots the wrong way. I think that's what happened. That was, might be true. Mm-hmm. They had to sell it to stupid people, and so they said, "Well, we're going to create these guardrails, and you can't make it where somebody's getting money to go to a certain school." Well. <laughs> Of course that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And, like, and, and, and I look, I, I keep trying to point people to this, right? The people that want to get mad about this. Like, these rules are made up and they were bad. <laughs> like, I don't, know, I don't know how many times I can tell you. Like, they were denying people a basic economic right. It was right, legitimately and exploitative, <laughs> bad. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Stu Mandel, our colleague, and I were talking about this over the, over the uh, earlier this week. If you were building college sports from scratch okay and you were faced with two options the way college football was five to ten years ago where all the money is funneled to a select amount of coaches and you know uh, getting a fresh paint job on the team facility and upgrades to the stadium while the players get low level you know uh, degrees in a lot of cases that, that aren't worth as much as, as as people like to pretend they are or the current situation which people are decrying as Oh, this is ruining it. I'm out. We'll see you in September, by the way. You're not out. We've seen the ratings. <laughs> the previous system is the evil one, guys. I don't know how to tell you. Just because the rules said it was right, those were bad rules. I I don't know how to tell you that if you don't there, there's get that a, There's already. a subset of people who just... Whatever the rules are, they're that that's yes. sacred to them. Some they, rules they never, are bad, guys. They never question that maybe the rules could be dumb. So... <laughs> But, so that's that's but, where I think we are. I think I think that group is slowing, and, and the way that I've always said it is, Andy. I, think, I don't think there's that much uh, opposition to NIL as much as discomfort, and that's kind of silly. Agree. 
Well, I but I think people will get over it, and I, I think, think people are getting o- getting over it faster than 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 we realized they would. Yeah, and I, it's interesting because you know you go back to the Supreme Court decision, Brett Kavanaugh in his, in the just scorching takedown of the NCAA. Well, this is this is the one where he kind of went out on his own. He's like. Nobody goes to a restaurant and says, this is, I like this place better because the waiters are paid less. Like, <laughs> yes, no, nobody does that. Yeah. Now they might subconsciously do it because the prices are cheaper. The employees are paid less, blah, 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 blah. And they feel like they're getting more value because they're paying less money. But nobody says these employees are making less and therefore I enjoy it more. Like, yeah. so. And again, these same people, Andy, that are opposing this are, Usually big time capitalists, and again, we're seeing the free market work here. This is what's it's happening. It's fascinating. Like, who would have known, Andy? It's almost like people like you and me have been screaming for ten or fifteen years that athletes have real value. I've yes. been floored that there's a market once that they're out here that people will pay money for their services. <laughs> David, That's crazy. There, there have been multiple businesses, very successful businesses, built on ranking. <laughs> The recruits that college football teams sign. If that's not proof of a market, I don't know what is. Yeah, and, I think we're the, standing at what three that are employed. I mean, how many employees do twenty four seven rivals and uh, RIP Scout and on three now have? I mean, I, I mean, certainly in the hundreds, all of them. I'm sure. We'll be right back after these words. I am fascinated by watching this thing find its level like this this is you're right it is a market and any new market because this this market has been constrained and now it is i don't think it's completely free but it is much less constrained it's growing it and the resources are well, the resources yeah. are currently hitting that tributary and they're they're, they're flowing yeah. into now right so now we'll figure out and, and it's going to be interesting to watch because everybody's worried about recruits getting the money I think the the longer it goes, the fewer recruits are going to actually get something up front or get a lot up front because it's a terrible investment. But somebody who proved like somebody who blows up in their first couple games as a freshman or as a redshirt freshman, that person is going to get deluged with stuff. Yeah, it's possible. But Andy, I think it goes into you know. It's the same argument as if you're going to donate to an athletic department. Well, you've been putting that money there anyway, and it goes into the, well, does Uncle Sam get this? Especially if you're a big-time right. money person. Does I'd Uncle Sam get this, or does, than to Uncle does Sam. your favorite yeah. program get this? Yeah. And so investment, maybe, but I think, uh, certainly, I think we can all agree that a four-star cornerback and a five-star edge rusher that's a top 50 recruit, or even... Andy, if you're at you know Purdue or somewhere, a three-star quarterback that has some offers from bigger places is a more uh, valuable investment and asset to a program than you know a set of a uh, hundred ten thousand dollar lockers. I would agree. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree. But this and this is what I've always said about all of this stuff: the the, the stuff they built. They had to spend the money on something. Exactly. Like I've been joking about this all week. School, but again, even if you're that, terrible at football, people that weren't like paying attention—it's a, it, a nonprofit with the biggest quotation marks in the history of human 
like existence. It's just, yeah. and again, if you aren't like us, Andy, and you don't have your nose pressed up against the glass all the time, you don't sometimes see that. You see the headline, uh, you know, three programs made money this year. Well, you kind of have to be around it and know how much garbage that is. <laughs> like, that the whole thing is just ridiculous, and it's funny money, that the math is cooked and, and all these things. So, again, there's going to be some adjustments happening. I think that the interesting thing for me, Andy, is watching the tension in some places because Spires had good experiences with Tennessee when they mm-hmm. go to donors and are talking and saying, hey, we'd like some of your money. And sometimes that's in addition to what they're already giving the school. But not always. And that's not always going to be the case. And there's 130 programs, and Tennessee has been proactive with them in saying, mm-hmm. that's okay. We're okay with that. We think if the program's better, we'll get that back eventually. Well, there's 130 programs, Andy. Not everybody's going to feel that way, but these collectives are going to be integral. And I, it, it, it's going to get uncomfortable and sticky in a lot of places in the next couple yeah. of years. Yeah, and that's, that's going to be interesting to see who gets on board and who doesn't. Yeah. It, it also could mean, I, I don't know this, and I think the programs that have always been serious about football will embrace this. They, they want to win. You have, your fans but, are going to demand it somebody new may be able to jump in mm-hmm. as somebody who was kind of kind of on the outside of that level and but 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 you know had a lot of resources maybe they say i don't know if this is for us and some other schools like hell yeah let's do it and yeah exactly so you may you may see some shifting competitively of who's good and who's not yeah i think you know Right now, I think we're seeing hungry programs lean on this a lot. Nebraska, Tennessee are some of the people that are right now that are leaders in that space. Alabama doesn't have a public uh, NIL collective right now, Andy. I'm sure that's going to change in the very near future. Um, But I think part of it is because things have been going pretty good for them. And they don't have fans beating down the door saying we're not going to take it anymore. We got to change but, something. But Alabama is also an old line SEC program. And yeah. If, if somebody they'll said, get there. hey, they'll get let's there get, the, the next let's get year. this sucker cranked up. Yeah. I bet they could have it done. They'll be fine. They, so they I can think have the a idea, machine up. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, so you're ahead of the game right now. People are going to catch up. What can that do? Do I think that this these collectives being ahead right now means that you're going to be competing for national championships if you're Tennessee or Nebraska and signing top five classes in 23 and 24? Probably not. But if you can have a little bit more money than everybody else, maybe instead of a top 15 class, you got a top 10 class. I think that's a real possibility. And well, again, I, I think the, the the thing that we're looking at and that I wrote about in this piece a little bit is n- almost not even as much the upside as much as the necessity. Because if you don't have this and you've been signing top 15 classes and all of a sudden you say, ah, we're not on board, well, welcome to the top 30. Right. Somebody who is on board is going to take yes, your spot. 100%. The Nebraska thing's interesting, though, because look at – we've made a lot of, of the Big Ten score differential mm-hmm. this past year where it, it's basically – like they basically scored the same number of points that they allowed in Big Ten play, but they went one and eight. So there was they were just this close in, in a bunch of games. What if they had one or two more difference maker type players? Yeah. It's a totally we're talking about a totally different season. Absolutely. And I, and I think again, I think fans see that. You know, we I was talking to the Spire guys this week. I, I think you know, there's a lot of fans, whether they're donors, whether they're mid-level people that have, you know, I can give uh, you know, 200 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month, whatever. They may not be as invested in the facilities and all that other thing, but they watch the games on Saturday and they say, "Why is our quarterback throwing all these picks?" Why is our uh, linebacker missing all these tackles? I want to get better players. 
let's I'm getting in on these guys. I'm tired of watching this. And that is a powerful yeah. motivator. And yeah, I think, you know, it's funny, these places, you know, when you're winning, you hear excitement. But I almost wonder if these places, these collectives, they might see some boosts in donations after losses, Andy. I don't know how you do that, but I think that's kind of a possibility. It, it, it is interesting, and it, I think they will they will work very similarly to how it worked underground Yeah. before all this. I mean, let's not be naive here. There's been money flowing to recruits at different places for years to get them to come to certain schools. And it wasn't organized all that differently. It was just much more loosely and done in cash. And, and Andy, now it doesn't have to be. When you compare the black market to the current market, the money is going up. I mean, I, I, I have heard that it is basically doubled, tripled, quadrupled because you can negotiate and nobody's going to do that and be afraid of someone blowing the whistle because there's not a whistle to blow. And that right. you might have a couple people that are negotiating, but you always had to worry, Andy, if you rub somebody the wrong way, they can blow up your whole spot. And now oh, yeah. that's not going to happen. On both happen. sides of the, Absolutely. Of, the, of the transaction. Absolutely. And that's not the case now. Now, if you want to aggressively negotiate, you can, and that's what it is. And you, and, yeah. and I think when that happens and you can do that without fear, that, that money is going to start to flow. And as more people get involved and understand the stakes, which I think are key, that money's only going to grow. But there will be a stopping point because it is a market. Eventually. Like at a certain point, somebody's going to say, you aren't worth that. Yeah. And the players are going to have to be like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, It'll even out saying. eventually. It's not $10 million. I, I don't think $10 is enough. Is 20 to 25 Maybe. I don't know. I think we'll see. I, I, I feel I, pretty I think, confident $10 million is not going to get it done in five years. So the NFL, its players receive roughly 50%, slightly less than 50% of, of football revenue mm-hmm. as part of their CBA. Uh, if that were the case in college – I'm trying to, because obviously economies of scale again, Power Five, you know, like SEC and Big Ten programs, they yeah, make different. Some money of them were than, like 140, 130 million, yeah. 120 million, yeah. and then you get to the Group so, Five, and it's it's you know in the mid eight digits in a lot of places. Right. So <laughs> I, I'm not exactly sure what what percentage we're talking about. It's uh, it's going to be lower than the NFL mm-hmm. would, would be my get. It's a low. It's certainly a lower number than the NFL. I bet it's a lower percentage than the NFL too, and. I mean, I think of it. Ultimately, this will push them to to make them employees, to to bar, collectively bargain all that stuff. Because I don't think they like the unknowns of all this. I agree but with you. I think it's hidden. It there. is, it is a fascinating little like the there there are going to be economy econ majors that write so many papers on this period because it's. I mean, I wish we had an econ major here who could, because I'm sure they they could spout off examples of markets that were suddenly uncapped and then exploded. Well, is the last, and, is and the last they, one we've seen like weed in Colorado and on the West Coast, would that be the last time we've seen it where there's a black market and then all of a sudden you it's all Maybe, sort of but legal? That, that is so heavily regulated and taxed. Yeah, you still. might be right. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, again, necessarily... I'm not very good at econ. That's not a strength of mine, so I wouldn't be the best person, but... Maybe that's that's an that's an episode that's a future Andy Staples show episode Andy that's what it's, that is a, uh, me or Freakonomics maybe maybe we maybe I combine with Freakonomics that's not a bad idea money. yeah yeah because it is it, it is amazing to me I like because I just I want to see what it does mm-hmm. and I do think there's 
they're gonna be several years before they figure out what what exactly they want to ultimately do about this yeah. and, and come up with a, a more stable system because it, it does feel pretty unstable right now i think but, I, I think portal windows are coming Beyond that, mm-hmm. as far as restrictions and guidelines, I I wouldn't bet on a whole lot, especially in the there's, money aspect of it. I think portal there's not there, portal there's not much they can do. Exactly, right? there's not you can put portal windows in there because if you say you you can't enter the portal between this date and this date, you're still not keeping anyone from moving. Yeah, like as long as they can move between, especially seasons, when they're, they're going to be built around the academic calendar. It's going to be like late November to January, and then another yeah. window in like April to July or whatever. So yeah, it's it, it's going to make sense. And nobody mm-hmm. nobody who really wants to go to another school is going to be kept from going to another school. Yes, uh, so that, that you don't have to worry about that. The money stuff, the the Supreme Court ruling, and I. I it's it's hard to explain to, to folks who don't follow this super closely, but the Supreme Court ruling didn't actually have anything to do with this, but had everything to do with this. Yeah. If that makes sense, like yeah. basically, basically said, all of college sports, this is messed up. Y'all can't do this. <laughs> right, right. Because the the case that was before the court was about educational benefits. What what schools could give athletes mm-hmm. relative to to their educational experience in terms of a dollar amount. It had nothing to do with just paying them to play. But basically what the ruling says, Kavanaugh in not many words and and Gorsuch in you know reading between the lines, is any of your rules that get brought before us, we're gonna smack down. So you're gonna have to lost that case nine nothing, Andy. They don't have it's not close. (laughs) In in college football terms, it's a buy game. This was this was a butt kicking. Yeah. So and that that's the thing. The 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 creative people who figure it out are going to do very well for themselves yeah. in, in college sports because it is a matter of sort of figuring out what the new world is going to be and then figuring out how to, how to... And here's the thing. The coaches are still going to make a bunch of money. The ADs are still going to make a bunch of money. So people are still going to give money to schools because they like to see names on buildings. They're mm-hmm. like, you know, People want their names on buildings. That, has, that, that won't change. But it might change how much like what percentage is given to the yeah. athletic department? And what percentage and again, goes Andy, to the collective? I keep, I keep pointing back to for the alarmists who are like, so they're going to take money away from the university and the athletic department and give it to kids again. Zoom out of the incident play mode and they were explain, spending it in very <laughs> dumb ways. Explain <laughs> to me how that's a societal negative when their locker yeah. costs ten thousand dollars and you're trying to tell me that their forty thousand dollar interdisciplinary studies degree is worth. All of the hundred and fifty million dollars that they're helping produce. Please explain that to me. So right, right. They, they, they were spending it foolishly because they had to spend it because they they're not allowed to show a profit to become so a, big quotation marks nonprofit. Uh, it, yes, it'd be like it'd be like if you know we didn't put any money in our four hundred one ks every year and just like tore out tore out a room of our house and rebuilt it every single year <laughs> because pretty we much. have to spend the money. Yeah, <laughs> like, pretty much. Uh, and so, yeah, and yeah, I, I just keep coming back to it's quite a time to be covering this sport because in the last year, year and a half, the sport has changed more than it has, I would argue, in a century. And it is oh, wild yeah. to witness. Um, but it's great to see this new world because, Andy, uh, you, you watch the big machinations of this sport and you kind of have to hold your nose a lot of the time especially in the last decade and as money has exploded and you see it's becoming more and more exploitative and to to see the sport get less 
exploitative and, and have to hold your nose a little bit less at the entire enterprise as you cover it and you love the sport itself. It's been refreshing for me in the last year to be able to see. I, I, I think less there's restriction. a lot of us who feel that way, but I I know there are a lot of people who want what they grew up with and think what they grew up with is is somehow pure. Yeah, and it's it wasn't, and, I, and, I mean, and and the economic model made sense in the 70s and 80s. This was yes. a fair enterprise back like they then. Were it's not like money. it's always been like this. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Yeah. And then you had Oklahoma going to the Supreme Court. And winning that case in nineteen eighty, yeah, in nineteen eighty four, Andy, am I correct? Yep, eighty four. And that right. sort of started this. The Big Ten wasn't always signing away their TV rights for billions of dollars every year. This is a this is a recent twenty thirty year development that has blown up, and that is when the economic model changed, and it became these guys are running their bodies ragged and making nothing, while everyone else is, you know. Coaches are making well, it's, $10 it's not, million. It's not nothing. I, I you know, because I, I know fair. we're going to get let's the, not go as, I, I, I have I, given I, anything for a scholarship, blah, 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 blah. That's fine. It's, it's not nothing. But it's not But they didn't value. get a raise. Yes. Everybody else got massive raises, and they got zero raises, if we're talking from a percentage standpoint. Because yes. you say, oh, tuition went up. That's not getting a raise. Yeah. <laughs> that's just, that's a cost of living adjustment. Yes, so. pretty much. So, yeah, let's not say nothing, because, you know, obviously degrees are something, but then, of course, if you have a close examination of how uh, in many cases college athletes are funneled into degrees that aren't always worth what everyone else's degrees can be worth. There are some issues with that as well that can hamstring people in the future. And sure, on some level, athletes are responsible to take their own education seriously, but you have a lot of pressure in some cases. Oh, yeah. Well, this major is easier. Well, that's cool. I can get through school easier. I can focus on football because obviously Think I'm going to go to the, the NFL. Blow, and then the, the NFL the, doesn't the work and you don't have a degree that's worth enough. Mind-blowing thing for me, David, I'm a freshman in college, mm -hmm. and I, you know, I'm a walk-on, and so I didn't, and when I made my first semester schedule, I wasn't even on the team yet, so like I had gone through, and, and this is, this is pre-internet, so you're calling the number and punching in the numbers of the classes you want, and mm -hmm. like I had it all mapped out and everything. This sounds terrible, had, by the way. I had yes. done the same thing for my. <laughs> well, I had done th the same thing for my second semester, even though I was on the team. I had no idea I could have gone to the academic advisors and just said I want these classes. Yeah. Um, but I'm on the plane back from the Sugar Bowl, and they're handing out these papers to to the other guys, and I'm like, "What's going on here?" It was their class schedules, like. I had two months earlier, as the, the the second I was allowed to sign up for classes, pick, you know, hand picked all the classes. I had my course catalog out, and I'm like, if I can't get this one, I'm going to get this one. And then they're like, Oh, I'm taking this. Oh, I'm taking. I'm like, How do you not know what you're taking? <laughs> yeah, and then but, that's where we get into the we uncomfortable position of how much is there personal responsibility versus like lack of education, right? Of not knowing. Okay, this is how this is supposed to work, and, and all these right. things. This is, and I nobody. I guarantee you, nobody told them. Yes, and and maybe nobody wanted to tell them. That's where that's hey, where guys, this is gets a little yucky. You can, <laughs> yeah, you can have a little more agency in this than than just take the piece of paper they they give you, yes. and you that's what you do. So that that's the part that you know, when you say when people say, well, they get a scholarship. No, no, no. They're still serving a purpose. They're still they are providing a service for the school that is more valuable than the average student is providing the school. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. I feel almost condescending at times when people try to defend 
the old model or anything like that because my instinct and I, I it's just that they they just didn't pay close enough attention to what was going on and, and and that's where I go every single time the people that are saying well no this is you know the old it was fine they, they I'm like did you did you really look at it did you really look at it but they, it's but hard they for didn't. me to take it seriously they didn't and and I don't listen I I'm not going to kill them over that because yeah. They just want to enjoy their sports. It's not their job. Like it's yeah. our job to to follow this stuff and study this stuff. It's not their job. So they're not looking at it from that point of view. They just want to watch the games. But I also think this is the reason that not so many people are going to stop liking this because yeah. of all this stuff. Especially in places that games, care about college football. Right. If the Saturday game shows up on your TV on Saturday in September, you're not going to turn you're off your lawnmower. You're, you're not going to do that. It's just not going to happen. Yep. Uh, that, again, I, I feel the same way, Andy. For all the stuff, whatever happens in the in the off season that we write about, you know, from stupid stuff like satellite camps to NIL <laughs> and uh, the transfer portal and all this stuff that's annoying and people complain about and all that stuff. When you're playing your rival in October and it's on ESPN at 7 p.m. You're going to be either in the stadium or you're going to be watching. And you can scream and yell and say you're not, uh, but you are. So that's fine. <laughs> and you're going to be screaming and yelling if your collective is isn't is. getting the job done. Because your collective better be get, yes. better be doing it. Mm-hmm. Or, or on that Saturday night at 7.30, things are going to get ugly for your team. Exactly. Embrace it. Adapt or die, Andy. I mean, the thing is, this has been true in offensive football. I, I've compared the, these collectives to the forward pass because I think it's really true. Adapt or die. This is what it is. Don't you cannot like be it. Be 1913 Notre Dame, not 1913 <laughs> yeah. Army. <laughs> yeah, nobody's nobody's yelling for a coach that uh, you know throws the ball 10 times a game anymore, Andy. Because that's that's an old way of playing football that's not effective anymore, and the old way of recruiting is not effective anymore. It happened just a lot faster. So again, Andy, the the, the thesis we should make this the episode title. Quite honestly, adapt or die, because that's it's, what collectives are right now. That's exactly right. You can right. yell and about it. You can complain. You can say I don't. I'm not comfortable with it. Okay, that's fine. But if you don't adapt, your program is going to suffer. Before I let you go, I, I want to ask you this, your take on this. I, this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately, and I, I don't know the answer to it. Is this a better time for all this because it's all been, the Band-Aid was, was completely ripped off, and it was completely ripped off at a time when something completely outside everyone's control, the pandemic, mm-hmm. was wreaking havoc elsewhere. Did that kind of, provide a little more open-mindedness to be like, you know what? Stuff's going to change. Stuff happens. Let's just roll with this. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say because we only have the data that we have, which is kind of what you said, is that that all this happened amid that. And so we don't really know kind of what would have happened if things were more normal when all this change was happening. I really don't know. My instinct is is probably not. I think the same people that were in favor of it would still be in favor of it and the same people that... I'm I'm hesitant to even say oppose. Is instead I would just say slow to realize how important right. things are, whether that is the transfer portal or whether that is nil or all of those things that have, that have changed the sport or the expanded playoff or whatever. Um, 
So that's kind of my instinct is that I don't know that it would change the fault lines of disagreement or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. It's an interesting question. I mean, you know, we've all been living a very different existence. Um, you know, things can feel a little bit more normal in the South uh, than it does. You know, I was in L.A. for vacation. It feels like you're in another country um, when, you, when you're there. It's just very, very different. Or getting on a plane still feels very different. Like it's still... Um, a different era of American life in a lot of ways. Um, I don't have kids, but, you know, masking in schools obviously is a big deal. So this is not really, we're not used to things. And, and I don't know, Andy, it's an interesting question. Maybe we should pose it to the, to the listeners. I'd be, I'd be curious what they have I, to say. Yeah, I, I am fascinated. Like, can, can you deal with this better because our whole lives got turned upside down and this feels like not less that big, of a big That's deal? a good point. I didn't think, I hadn't thought about it that way, of just how acutely all of our lives changed for so long that this feels like not as big of a change you may you may be honest something that i hadn't i wouldn't think of it through that prism um, yeah I, but I'll i mean be, i'll be curious to see because i you know i i know a lot of people have, have well i don't say a lot of people because honestly the people who communicate with us about college football on twitter are as psychotic about it as we are mm-hmm. and i don't know that 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 doesn't represent the average fan. The average fan is the person who probably isn't listening to this show because they're not that much of a psycho. Yeah, we love you, psycho. We love you, psychos. By the way, <laughs> the psychos um, are great. They're my favorite. But th- but they're but they're the ones that they're they're t- they're tuning in at noon on the first Saturday in September and going, all right, let's do this. How's our team like, looking this year? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I get that all the time. Like Andy, if I'm out or somewhere and somebody recognizes me, I get how, how are they going to look this year? And it's like. The, the the psychos aren't asking me how they're going to look this year. The psychos are asking, how's that four-star that we got? Is he going to be yeah. a second or third string? It's like, that's what the I psychos that my are base. asking. Yeah. yeah. The casuals are asking people. me, how many games are they going to win this year? The, the, the psychos already know they're going to, they know, Andy, they're going to win 11 games. The only question is, which of the, mm. which of the freshmen are going to have 1,200 and which one's going to have 1,500 <laughs> yards? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. God, we love you people. We, we love you so much. Please, please don't ever change. But, but yeah, it's, I, I'm fascinated by all of this. I, I, I really want to see where it goes. I, and I think probably where it's headed is, is some sort of more organized structure that looks different than, than what we grew up with. Mm-hmm. But on Saturday at noon and 3.30 and 8 o'clock. Going to look the same. We'll still be quite a spectacle. Yes. So. And uh, we'll be there, Andy. I'm excited about it. Uh, it's going to be a fun season. And we got a long off season ahead uh, with lots of change. We, we and- get... Portal exits and entrances and uh, a lot of money on the board, a lot of money flowing uh, no longer in the black market, but in the free market. So uh, let's do it. Yeah. And while you're at it, just give us some. Hey, speaking of the free market. Oh, one of the great markets. If you want to read this amazing story that David Ubbin wrote that was published on Tuesday that everyone's talking about, and you're like, wait, I need to read this so I can I can join the conversation. Theathletic.com slash Andy Staples. One buck per month for your first six months. That's a heck of a deal, Andy. It's a dollar. It's like one in, because uh, I said. That sounds, we, Andy, you know, I must say that sounds like an illegal recruiting inducement. I'd say, well, yeah. <laughs> I used to say a cup of coffee a month, but now for the price of one latte, you get half a year. If you accept this deal, you don't get, tell anyone about it because. Yeah. Uh, if you get, if you, you get a large with like an extra shot. Yes. You get half a year. That's pretty good. Come on. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, and lots of other stuff, Andy. Whatever you care exactly. about, I'm sure we're writing about it somewhere. You can listen to this ad free if you mm-hmm. wanted to. But you can. Listen to the ads. 
We like those guys. They're great too. ads. Those, no they're, I, I, yeah. Andy puts a lot I, of time. I read and them very dramatically. Yes. Yes, I, I read them very dramatically. So, but yes, uh, theathletic.com/slash Andy Staples, buck a month for the first six months. You get incredible stories by people like David Ubbin, and we cover all the sports too. So, if you love international soccer, the NBA, NFL, soccer, MMA, uh, uh, if MLB ever comes back, NASCAR, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Fantasy sports. We have good fantasy sports writers, Andy. Yes, we do. And if, uh, we're, we're, we're dabbling in the gambling, too. Yeah, like, a little bit. James Holzhauer like is writing stuff for us. Uh, Jeopardy uh, uh, whiz. It's fantastic. Oh. Listen, legit. I, I say this, Andy, like legitimately, like if I didn't work here, you still have to subscribe to The Athletic. I, I get a free oh, subscription. That's part of the, 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 I, the boost, but you I have to. I was a customer when I was working for SI yeah. and was very jealous of you guys. Like I go read <laughs> one of your stories in the app and I'm like, wow, there's zero ads embedded in this story. Clean experience. And I have 33 embedded in mine. <laughs> <laughs> Clean experience and our college football team, Andy, uh, unrivaled. So it is, it's fantastic. It is amazing. End of plug, but do read David Oven's story Thank on you. NIL. Spire. I agree people should read the story. I've, I've thought this all day. It's very educational. I think so. <laughs> Thank you, David. <laughs> Appreciate it.